Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talk That Good Shit. I'm your host, DJ, and with me, as always, we've got Dan. Hi. And Dan, are you in the spirit for some WrestleMania? I am, actually. These The last, like, couple of days, I've been sitting here being like, oh, my God, hurry up. I want to watch this show. But it's not just normal WrestleMania, no, just like last year. It's too much WrestleMania for one day, so they're doing it over two days. Yeah, I'm interested about this, right? Like, I'm not against it. I'm actually all for it because, like, you get all these big matches every Mania. Like, we saw the big effect was Mania 35, where it's like we had Kofi and Brian and Seth and Brock and all the stuff all the way through. So when we finally got to Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte, it was affected because it was such a long night. It was like seven hours. So splitting it over two days, I think still really good. But like they made it out that that was the big thing last year. So it's kind of like, and we're doing it again because? <laughs> this year it's the big thing because, you know, fans can attend. It'll be different. Last year we didn't have fans and it was two days. This year we do have fans and it's two days. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So it really does make me wonder if it's like, you know, we're not going to have any cinematic matches because I don't think they're going to... I don't think they've probably ironed out any kinks for having a cinematic match in front of fans. I was just going to say, yeah, mainly with two nights twice in a lifetime. Oh, no. <laughs> Although, you mentioned that the, uh, you mentioned the no cinematic matches. And it's going to be interesting because a lot of with Braun and Nikki Bella, uh, Nikki Bella, watching Hall of Fame early today, uh, Nikki Cross and, you know, Oscar and all that. So I'm going to be like, how are you going to pull this off on Mania? Yeah, that's it. You're not throwing fireballs or like dropping lighting rigs from the ceiling this time. I mean, I'd be all for it. <laughs> oh, fuck. The front row's all dead. We dropped a lighting <laughs> ring on him. We'll just fill the front row with jobbers from main event. No, Randy. Don't light the fans on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So anyway, let, let's get into the card because it's two cards for two days. It'll uh, be a yeah. very full two days of wrestling, which I'm super excited for. So. Well, we got uh, we got the 14 matches over the two days, but also technically we have SmackDown with two extra matches as a pre-show. Like, well, technically it's 16, so like I guess if we quickly flick through SmackDown, you got the SmackDown tag titles, which you got, uh, what do we got? Ziggler and Rude defending the titles against the Street Profits, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, and Otis and Chad Gable. It's a match. That's about all I got for that. <laughs> I think it very much fits the pre-show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Friday Night Mania pre-show. <laughs> yeah. So this is just this is like fucking what is what was it? Velocity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like they've been building to this for a little bit between all the teams. They've intentionally kept the Street Profits away from the tag titles. They've been building up Ray and Dominic for a while. Otis and Chad Gable they're trying to get over. It's kind of like obvious Rude and Ziggler aren't winning, so you can take out Bobby Rude and Dolph Ziggler. I don't think they'll give it to Otis and Chad Gable because I don't think that's in the cards for them, which brings down Street Profits versus the Mysterios. And, like, as good as the Profits were, they held it for most last year. I think just the easy route is kind of give it to Ray and Dominic. Look, Mania moment. Look, Father Son. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I feel like that's the way to go. You know, give them that feel-good moment after, well, what? Ray came out. His daughter, like, was in love with an Australian. He also uh, lost his eye. He lost his eye at one point. So, it's like, there you go. And plus, it keeps Ray with, uh, keeps Dominic with Ray, so Dominic can keep trying to learn from his dad as well as being in tag matches, so he can not have to work long matches with guys like Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins down the line yet. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's definitely not at 
that level, but you know, better to keep them together so we can get to that level, I think, at a may probably even a quicker pace than if you had to toil in the mid card on yeah so that, that's just that's a match just to get through that second one's also another irrelevant match everyone's favorite job of battle royal the andre the giant memorial battle royal oh boy yay i've only seen one name in this whole thing like i saw the list of who was announced and went so there's one name that sticks out and it's shinsuke nakamura there you go he wins <laughs> you know he, ne- he needs a bit of a push after you know losing seth um, that's true you know cleanly it was a clean loss, wasn't it? I'm 99% sure it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just couldn't do the job. Yeah, as we said, it was like Seth just wins, Seth does his thing, Cesaro makes a save, and that's what happened. Exactly. So I think, uh, yeah. I think the only other person in this match that stands out technically is Jey Uso, and I'm like, yeah, but I don't know if we give this to Jay. Like, the last guy eliminated, sure, but probably not the winner. That That's it. Jimmy's coming back. Oh, Double uh, twin magic, honor of Bella twins. Yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> you, you think you eliminated Jay, but really it was just me, Jimmy. It was me, Shinsuke. It was Jimmy all along. <laughs> so no, yeah, the, interesting that they're doing it that way. But I, obviously, you got to put the spotlight on WrestleMania, and anything that falls close to WrestleMania is kind of just has to fit in. Yeah, so that's why I was just like, yeah, let's just quickly get that out of the way. That's on SmackDown, so. Cool. Now we're actually at Mania, the proper card. And the, we'll start night one, card one, match, I can only assume, pre-show match. I mean, it did kind of come out of nowhere. Is the tag team turmoil match where the winner receives a WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match on night two with the teams of Lana and Naomi, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, the Riot Squad, which is Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. And Natalia and Tamina. So this is where things have been really weird and awkward, right? Because this ties into what my big complaint about the Raw women's title has been. Because they've not really had anyone for Oscar. Not entirely their fault. Like, they clearly set up it was going to be Charlotte. It'd be a big rematch. Charlotte and Oscar. Yay, whatever. And then Charlotte got COVID. So obviously she's out. But the thing that annoyed me was they spent this whole time using Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to fight Oscar. And the reason they've been fighting Oscar is because they were number one contenders at one point and they never got the title matches. And then they're not the ones in the title match. They're defending the tag titles against, well, everybody. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, let's be honest. They're defending the tag titles against every main champion and challenger duo. It's like, yeah. oh, do you, do you have a women's championship match at the next pay-per-view? Well, before you get there, you have to challenge oh. for the tag team championships. And we all know that works out absolutely flawlessly yeah. and no one turns on each other. We did that with Sasha and Bianca and then we did it with Oscar and Rhea just a couple of days ago on Raw on the final show. Exactly. And it's like, well, that makes sense. I mean, like, you you know, Rhea's character is going after that main title. She doesn't give you shits about the tag team championship. Exactly. It, yeah, I was looking at this earlier and I was like, well... Liv Morgan and Ruby Wright, I th- I think I would like them to win because, you know, they've been together a long time. They've done all this stuff and blah, blah. But I think the ship sailed. That should have been a couple months ago if that was going to happen. Uh, Natalia and Tamina, uh, it's Natalia. It's Tamina. It's a match at WrestleMania. Thanks for your work sort of thing. No offense to them and anything like that, but, like, you're just kind of there. I think the um, thing that makes me look at that team specifically and go, they're not going to walk out 
winning this match is that one segment that they only recently just had where Natalia got to speak about how she feels like she's just not been given. Oh, you mean with the, with the Paul Heyman thing on talking smack. And I just didn't buy it. Yes, I agree. She's kind of taking this like heel, but not heel. (laughs) I've done more than enough for my opportunity and I've not been given it, but it's like, I'm not buying it. You you don't sound like you are at that point of wanting it's, it. Well, it's like you had your chance with Beth and you've been in the final four in the Rumble every time. And you had a, your last title run was only less than four years ago. It was three and a half years ago. Like you've still done a fair amount. It's just you're not on that level that a Charlotte or a Bailey is going to be on. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just not where you are. It's just it's straight up that unfortunate thing of your time in the sun fell at a time where women's wrestling wasn't big. Yes, exactly. It wasn't at that par. And it was like, during that time, we were focusing on the Bella Twins and Eve Torres and, you know, even to a point, Alicia Fox. Like, that's the style we were going for. So that's not where you fit in. And then when your style did come around with Charlotte and Becky and Bailey and all that, and it was like, by that point, the ship had already sailed. Exactly. And it's the believability of it as well. You know, it's like you have competitors like, Nia Jax competitors like Shayna Baszler that enter the ring and it's like there's got to be some believability that someone could pull out a win exactly which and is also on either that, one of them on that exact thing is why I also don't think Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose are going to win because they did the whole thing with Survivor Series and Shayna broke both their arm no Shayna broke Mandy's arm and then Dana Brooke got taken out but it's like they wiped them out so it brings me all the way to the final team Naomi I don't think fits in here But going off that Survivor Series thing and it's mania and it never had a payoff and everything, Lana wins by default. That's just how I see it. Yeah, well, that's it. She's got the history with them that's recent enough that it's like, well, Lana Lana wins with Naomi. They go on to this tag team match. Lana is, is getting an opportunity to win the tag titles against these two champions that for the longest period of time, just picked her apart week after week. Exactly. And it was like Lana was the sole survivor because of Nia and Shayna basically berating her, telling her stand there, and then screwing up. Lana won by default. Yeah, that's it. So it's like, well, I, I can see it being a case of, you know, Lana and Naomi. I don't know if they would take the titles on night two. I don't think that that's... I, I don't do think that we'll, like we'll get to that because that is on night two. Yeah, night two. But the only reason is because like Lana and obviously been built up against Nia Jax and all this stuff had happened, and that was building a TLC, and Lana got hurt, so she got taken out and replaced with Charlotte. And then when she came back, she won the tables match, and then they did the tag title match, and they lost. So it's like you still haven't. Yes, she got the revenge of putting Nia through the table, but the story feels incomplete because she didn't take the tag titles from Nia and Shayna. Yeah, that's it. So it's uh, honestly out of the three teams, or four teams, sorry, that we've got here, I think Lana and Naomi are the only two that seem like they could go on. Yeah, I think it's the safe bet. Like, everyone else has got a little bit of history with them, but Lana's the only one with that deep, rich history that would have a satisfying win if she was to win the titles on day two. That's exactly it. So I think it's safe to say that we're both kind of thinking Lana and Naomi, they're going the second night of Royal uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. Got to get those two paid. So does that mean Lana gets paid for both days, Lana and Naomi? Double pay I'd, for Mania? I'd assume so because they're working twice at Mania, aren't they? Uh, yes. 
I mean, technically, it's not twice in the same night because they're working two different days. It is but... true, yeah. Like, it's two different days, so I guess. Like, would that mean they're getting paid more than someone like Roman who's only working one oh, day? no. No, no. Yeah, I know, they're I know. Days, they're, not... <laughs> no. <laughs> they're probably not even... Even across those two days, they're probably not even getting paid as much as, like, fucking like, Cruz or something. Exactly. You get half your regular pay on day one, you get the second half on day two. Yeah, you get half time. Yeah. Mates, oh. mates. I suppose that moves on to the second match where we guess we're actually in the official show now. Yeah. Cesaro and Seth Rollins. This is interesting. Like, it was pretty obvious this is where we were going for a while now. But it's like, I'm not, I know it'll be great. It'll be a fantastic match. But it doesn't feel WrestleMania-like. It, it feels weird. It, it feels like this entire feud just kind of, it exists specifically so that Seth has something to do at Mania. That's exactly how I feel. Because it's just like, it's like Seth came in and then he was going to fight with Brian, but Brian was already fighting Roman like during months prior trying to get into that picture. And then I was like, oh, he might have Edge, but then Edge won the Rumble. I was like, oh, maybe he'll have Shinsuke. And then Shinsuke, he fought Shinsuke earlier. And I was just like, I guess Cesaro works. Like maybe he requested that because he does have that sort of pull now. And that's cool. And he's going to give his friends something and all this and that. But it doesn't feel like that level where you'd be super excited for a Mania match compared to some of the other ones we'll get to a bit later. Like every other match has it like that thing where that's the hook for that match that's unique to it. And this one doesn't have anything. This feels very much like Seth Rollins wants to give Cesaro that push to like he can work at that higher stage at that higher level. Yeah. But it's like the two of them in a singles match and the angle is Seth's whole thing is you don't respect me and you spun me however many fucking times you spun me and and that's insulting. So at WrestleMania, I'm going to be the one taking you for a spin and it's like... Uh Ah, okay. Honestly, already looking at it, I'm thinking Cesaro loses. I'm thinking Seth still wins, only because from everything that I've seen leading up to this match, Cesaro has mostly had Seth's number. Yeah, it's like, this is my thing where it's like, I would like to give it to Cesaro to be like, look, man, this, and I said this a little while ago, where I was like, this is kind of your last chance. Like, if this doesn't work out, there's no more chances to break into that main event level. Like Seth's been able to do it with Dominic of all people. And he's been able to get through like, this is your last chance. But then I look at it and how the build's been last two, three weeks since Fastlane. I'm just like, I just don't see it at this point anymore. Like I had it and I kind of believe, but at this point now, it's just, I think the safe bet's just to go with Seth and maybe go to that Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins match afterwards. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, like, Cesaro, I think, can lose and still have his spot, but I just don't think it's going to be title pitch Cesaro. I think it's he still yeah. needs to work his way into the title pitch and going through when beating Seth isn't going to put him in the title pitch. Well, that was what I that was one thing I mentioned was it was like I could believe before like some of the other segments had happened, but I was like I could believe Cesaro wins and Edge wins the Universal Championship or something like that, and then we go on and hey, you can fight Edge, you know. He's been able to make everyone look good. He made the great Carly look good. So, like, there's another, like, your last chance. It's a world title match. Everyone's happy about that. But now, as time's gone on, I'm just like, mm, no, nah, I don't see it anymore. That's exactly it. It's, it. it's one of those matches that it's neither here nor there. I'm not super excited for it. You know, the fact that it is just a plain old singles match. 
you think as well with how much Seth has kind of antagonized, like when he came back and he made everyone stand around the ring and look how great I am, which was the start of the feud, like you'd think that kind of would be the instigation to be like maybe a lumberjack match. Like, hey, there's Murphy and Shinsuke and uh, like, I was going to say the Usos, not really the Usos, like the Mysterios, like a bunch of guys around the ring to make sure Seth can't get away. But hey, it's Seth, he wins anyway. Yeah, that's exactly it. Honestly, I don't see a direction that they're going to go with these two after Mania yet. Maybe Seth goes down a title path. That seems a bit more likely. Cesaro. He's in the, they're both in this weird spot where, well, Cesaro, Cesaro, but like they don't want Seth to be back in that world title hunt yet, but they don't know, they have no idea what to do with him. That's exactly it. So this will be one of those ones where we'll have to wait and see where it pans out. It's actually similar to when Seth came back the first time from his big knee injury and he came back and he fought Roman and I was like, they didn't want to give him the title, but they still, they had him fight Kevin Owens and Finn Balor and Chris Jericho. And they had him in this holding pattern until eventually he fought Triple H. It kind of feels the same again in that sort of sense. Yeah, you are right there. That's definitely where it feels like they're at at the moment. But I mean, like the difference here is it's like those people that he was around, you know, going into matches against with it being, you know, Finn Balor and Roman Reigns and all that until he got back to Triple H. It's like this time it's Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. Yeah, yeah, it's like, on paper, great matches, fantastic matches, but not really anything to bite your teeth into as far as a story. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, yeah, I think that'll just be a, you know, just a match to watch. I'm sure it'll be a good match. You know, both of them can work. Yeah, and just simple Seth Rollins wins. Yep, that's him. Seth will win. Most likely, you know, Seth will, I assume he'll use the stomp. He uses that, doesn't he? I'm almost certain he does. Or does he use the pedigree? Does he use the pedigree anymore? <laughs> I don't think he's used it in ages. I mean, he's got, he goes through so many. What, he's had the Seth Walker, the pedigree, the, pedigree, the Stomp, the... Now with that weird DDT he did at one point. I think that may have... Was that the, not the Seth Walker? No, no, no. The Seth Walker... Was that the one where it's like the butterfly and then he went forward? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, he's had a. Yeah, he also had the like the ripcord V trigger. Yeah, the ripcord knee or whatever they called it. Yeah, he, he's had a bunch of stuff. I mean, even the flying knee was a uh, thing that Michael Cole used to love. The knee, <laughs> the knee. It's still like with Daniel Bryan, the running knee, and it's like he's had this move for nearly ten years, and you guys still don't have a name for it. Yeah, could we give it a name? Like, wh- why can't Daniel Bryan's running knee have a name? But we can certainly call that submission that he always uses the cattle mutilation. It was like, I remember one time he named it the knee plus and I was like, I understand that. And it's kind of funny, you know, shot at triple H and all that. But after that, they went back to the running knee and I was like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, I remember there was a good period of time there where it was called the knee plus. In fact, the the name knee plus made it into like, I want to say a couple of the 2k games that was called the knee. I plus. think it I'm did. Like, yeah. So it, it had a name. And then remember. Michael Cole oh, screaming. Oh. I've just seen what's next. I'm excited how this ends. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, onwards and upwards. Braun Strowman, Shane McMahon, steel cage match. Shane has been a bully to Braun, and Braun doesn't like bullies. I actually, I had a conversation about this the other day, because people, I had people going like, oh, you know, it doesn't make sense, and this and that, right, right. I went, no, it, it does make sense. Shane is grasping at straws here, but it's, they did the chamber because it was meant to be Drew and Sheamus. And then they turned around like, no, 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 it's the chamber. And, you know, you got to be a former world champion to get in. And Braun was like, I'm a former champion. Let me in. And they're like, no, 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 it's a former WWE champion. I was like, 
yeah, I'm a former world champion of the WWE, like a technicality. And Shane's like, no, you don't get it. You must be stupid and rah, rah. And then since then, he's like, keeps calling Braun stupid. And I was like, well, no, Braun had a point. He he is a former world champion of WWE. He technically has a point. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, he's held the title. Okay, it wasn't that, that specific title by name, but you also you you bounce those titles around the brand so often like exactly and it was what um what i brought up about it where i was like they have shown many 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 times like braun's not an idiot because they've had like he won money in the bank and he waited till hell on the cell to make sure he had the cell so no one could interfere brock lesnar interfered anyway but that's what it is and it's like braun knew he would beat sheamus and cesaro so he picked a child to prove his point and sure enough he won the tag titles with a child it's like He's not stupid. He knows what he can do. And that's kind of what the point is. Is like He knows he's not dumb, yet Shane's treating him like stupid because Shane's got money and he can do what he wants. That's it. And I mean, like, you know, we got told this match was going to happen last at Fastlane and then it never happened at Fastlane. And, you know, the story we got that Shane injured himself in training, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. We just, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. The match, deep down, Shane would want a big match. And at Fastlane, Shane wasn't going to get a big match. So one thing I was like, I understand because they gave, they let Braun pick the stipulation. Like Shane, when you pick the stipulation, rah, rah, apparently it was an intelligence check, according to Shane. Um, and it was like, so you can't run. Braun picked the, uh, the steel cage we're getting. And I was like, I'm half surprised it's not false count anywhere. So Shane can run, but Braun will eventually catch him. And then Braun throws him off a pirate ship. Like, that's what I thought we were going with this. Off a pirate ship into the ocean. <laughs> I mean, that still probably wouldn't end Shane. He's been in, like, helicopter crashes and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He survived a helicopter crash. Like, you know, come on, buddy. You know, so... But the thing is, right, it's... The thing that makes me go, hmm, steel cage. I wonder how Shane's going to weasel his way into a victory on this one, even though he's definitely the heel of this encounter and Braun has not gotten any shots into Shane yet. Well, they did the same thing with Miz a couple years ago, whereas Miz and Shane, and Shane won that match. Like, Miz got the final hit in, but... It was like the superplex off the, the scaffolding. Right, off the scaffolding into like the whatever the fuck thing that they landed on. <laughs> yeah, and then Shane just happened to end up on top and won. And that, that, that was how they won. And it was like, okay, so he didn't win, but he did. Now, technically, he won, but morally, did he really win? Yeah, and I, I had my friend actually bring this up the other day. What he thinks will happen is one of two things. Both have been done before, but it's they're both at the top of the cage and Braun does what he did to Kevin Owens, where he chokeslams Shane off the top of the cage and he crashes and burns through the announce table. Hey, Shane wins, but, you know, Braun killed him. Or it's the other one where, same thing, but instead of going to the announce table, he chokeslams him through the ring like JBL. And while Shane's on the floor now, hey, he wins. See, I was looking at it at something else that's already happened in the past, but could happen again. We've seen the wall of the cage swing open. Oh, that's true. So what's to say Braun doesn't throw Shane through the cage? I think Braun was the one who did that as well. He powerbombed uh, Powerslam Big Show through the cage. Well, that Braun's big uh, powerbombed Big Show through the cage. Big Show, I want to say, tossed Stone Cold through the cage. Like, something like, yeah, yeah, he did. He threw him at the cage and the cage swung open and Austin dropped down and won. Was that the one where... Swung open, or did it fall forward and he landed on the cage? No, that either way, been- like that was still what, like it, the cage still broke, and that's how Austin won. So you know, all it takes is Braun thinking this is gonna hurt, throws him through the cage, busts open. I mean, Shane's not a big dude, so 
we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah, we saw in that King of the Ring match with Kurt Angle. <laughs> Shane cannot go through normal glass. <laughs> the first exactly. time. But no, so like, I'm thinking, is that how Shane's going to, is Braun going to try and inflict more punishment? And then Shane's just going to pick up the, I'm unconscious or I am hurt or, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, down, but I win. As well, Braun's like, the, as you said, they've made Braun out to be the good guy here because he's the one getting bullied. And then they've turned around and they've been like, Drew's trying to find someone who's going to fight him after the world time match. Like, Drew's assuming he's going to win. And Braun said, oh, I'm going to come after you after dealing with Shane. So I was like, well, that would technically be face on face if that happened. So is Shane going to win? So Braun's still got something to do. Yeah, that's exactly it. A hundred percent. It's uh. I think I put down that Braun wins just because it's the easy thing of just Braun murders Shane. Like, but the more I think about it, the more I talk with people, it's the more I'm like, I think Shane is winning. I think that might be the right call. And then you build it up to, I think, Money in the Bank's in May. I saw the announcement the other day. So I was like, you build it to the next show and then Braun gets his revenge. A hundred percent definitely is uh what I'm seeing, I think as much as it would be good to see Braun win now and at end, I can see them doing that at the next pay-per-view. But that's also why I thought about the the Kevin Owens thing, because it was like Braun just laughed and was like, hey, yeah, Kevin Owens won, but I completely murdered him. Like, he doesn't look like much of a winner. So I was like, yeah, okay, Shane won, but Braun still murdered him. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I'm more still on the side of Shane wins, but Braun has murdered Shane. Yeah, I think this could go either way, but regardless, Shane doesn't leave unscathed is what we're getting at. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, we're going to see those Shane McMahon punches that are... Oh, those glorious punches. Those glorious punches that have very little wind-up and always seem to just... (laughs) Just absolutely destructive. Oh, 100%. But uh, moving on, the tag team championship match for the raw the raw tag team championship between kofi and xavier and aj styles and omos now i'm 99.9 percent sure aj styles and omos are winning i'd almost bet the house that they're winning i think so i think given that you know like well i mean one aj styles just in general yeah yeah so usually bet against aj but now he's got a powerhouse with him where I got it from was like, we was going through a few things. And it's like, as you mentioned, like it's AJ, he's got almost, almost his big dude. It's almost his first match. Very few people lose their first match. It does happen, but very few would lose it. Um, as well, it's, if AJ wins this, he gets the grand slam. He's won everything. It's the last thing he's got to do. So it's like, there's so many things where it makes sense for AJ and almost to win compared to the other side where like, yeah, okay. Kofi and Xavier win, but like what's next after that? No, a hundred percent. You know, like, if the New Day hold on to the tag team championships, you know, what do they do? They keep going, holding on to them. They've gone through the tag team division numerous times in all of their past reigns. Exactly. So it would make sense to hand the, the titles off to, like, you know, the new team. And I say new team. I mean, AJ obviously has been around for ages at this point, but. Yeah, it's like, well, they've been t- quote unquote teaming since like September, I think. But this is their first match as a team. Exactly. So I think I'm thinking new champions. Um, I think it also sets up a good like it's a nice refresh for the uh, new day there. Plus, I always as, feel you like the... like, as you just mentioned, it's a new team. It's brand new, something different. That's exactly it. And, and that I, that would be a dominant tag team. You know, for the men's division, 
that is a dominant tag team. And you got a you got a nice cover up here too, right? So it's like with uh, Jericho and Big Show because you got AJ. He'll go in, he'll run the match, he'll do it for 10, 15 minutes, and then Tang and Omos and Omos just has to murder them, almost like good the old Shield, like the Shield days when they started. Like Seth and Dean would go in and they do all this, that, and the other thing, and then they tag in Roman and Roman just win. And then Ua and Superman punches and spears and yeah. So yeah, I I, I think it's going almost AJ this one for sure. Now we're up to the three main events. This I'm not gonna lie, one match I'm so into. One match will be good, and the third match I was into when it was announced, and as time's gone on, I've lost interest. I'm with you there. So obviously, starting off another tag team match, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest going up against The Miz and Morrison. This match is the one I'm totally into. I love everything about this. So this has been, all I can describe it as is, this has been set up as the inevitable Bad Bunny goes over on The Miz. It's the celebrity match, right? It's it's the celebrity match. We've got Damian Priest in there to help obviously fill out the time that Bad Bunny is not in the ring. I mean, he's he's shown... I actually just want to quickly throw out there as well. Impressive because I actually counted the other day. This is like Damian Priest's seventh match on the main roster. And he's already at Mania. It's his second pay-per-view. First, if you don't count the Rumble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's amazing. That's pretty cool. That's it. And, you know, I mean, even to the point where it's like, you know what? After watching the last few months with Bad Bunny popping up every now and then and all that, it's like he's not been one to shy away from getting involved. Exactly. Because it's like you had this start where Bad Bunny did the video, like the music performance for Booker T, and then Miz and Morrison tried to team up with them. Didn't work, so Miz destroyed his stuff. Then Bad Bunny distracted him. Damian Priest eliminated them both. So it's like, okay, they just set up, you know, everyone's already intertwined. Then Priest got Bad Bunny the 24-7 title. They made fun of Miz. Miz got absolutely pissed off, so he cashed in money in the bank after making the deal with Lashley. Got the WWE title, claimed he's the greatest. Lashley caught up to him. Lost the title, they made more fun of him, and then here we are where Miz is now trashing Bugattis and hitting Bad Bunny with guitars. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think uh I think that's it's a good build for the celebrity match. I mean, very rarely do celebrity matches actually get any build. It's usually just there's a celebrity gonna be there. What are they gonna do? They're just gonna be in a generic tag team and get the finishing move in. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like I think back at other ones where it's like we had, I think Maria Menounos had a match. I can't remember anything that happened. We had the Floyd Mayweather match where they had bits and pieces with Big Show, but it wasn't consistent. It's like with this one, Bad Bunny's been there every single week. It's been really good. So, you know, and, and that's enough time for him to get to that point where it's like, you know what? You're not going to be the best, but you're also going to be confident enough to at least participate. And as well, like, I saw a couple people talking about, oh, you know, this and that, and this person, like Miz was world champion, so fighting bad money, blah, blah. And I was like, you got to remember, this is the celebrity match. The celebrity match is always one of the biggest matches of the year because there's only one, and it's your match, if you get it, is to be the attraction for the people who don't watch. That's it. It's There are people that don't like wrestling but will listen to Bad Bunny every day of the year. And this is this honor's been given to Damian Priest, The Miz, and John Morrison. Like, this is just as big as getting your world title match. That's exactly it. As for the actual match itself, I think it'll be hilarious. I think it'll be great. I love everything about it. But as you said, I, there's only one way this ends. Damian Priest takes them both out, and Bad Bunny probably pins Miz. That's it. And honestly, 
from what we've seen of Bad Bunny. I think it's going to be some form of Bad Bunny does like a cross body or something to them. I could imagine doing maybe like going for a frog splash or something. Something like that and getting the pin. Yeah. Like Damien Priest hits the reckoning on Miz, tags and Bunny, frog splash, win. Yay, good guys win. That's it. And I think that's how that's just going to go. I mean, with the celebrity match, the celebrity has to go over. Yeah, very rarely has the celebrity actually lost. So it just makes sense. And it, it works in this case because Miz and Morrison, once again, are being themselves. They're being jerks. That's so they exactly need their comeuppance. 100%. So after that, we've then got the WWE Championship match, the rematch, or at least Drew's rematch for the WWE Championship. Uh, after technically, technically a rematch. They had a match at Backlash the previous year, which Drew did win. So Bobby Lashley with MVP versus Drew McIntyre. Drew fighting to regain. First of all, I will admit I genuinely said I never thought Bobby Lashley would win the WWE Championship. I'm wrong. I know I never thought I'd be happy or excited to see him with the title, especially after a lot of what he did in TNA I was not a fan of. But this whole thing with the Hurt Business and MVP has been amazing for him. A hundred percent, definitely. I think uh, I think as much as I would like to see Drew regain the championship, I, I'm more invested in what's going to happen with Bobby Lashley being the champion. I so think- I saw someone comment where they reckon, I've seen a lot of people say they reckon Drew's going to pick up the title because it's like he did beat Brock last year, but he didn't get like his mania moment without, without the crowd. Like this is, here you go. Here's your, your moment. Yay. Embrace the crowd and all that. And I saw someone comment when they reckon that after that happens, Lashley's going to be the one who wins money in the bank and he'll go to SmackDown with the Universal title and recreate the Hurt Business on SmackDown. I could definitely see that. Like Looking at it from the perspective of Drew won the Rumble, there were still fans. Were there fans at the Rumble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Elimination Chamber. The next show was the last one. I remember it because Shayna Baszler was the last person standing and I laughed at people for ages because I said Shayna was the last person with a crowd. So, you know, it's like Drew Drew didn't get, like you said, his mania moment. He didn't get the crowd. He didn't get that moment. I mean, hell, he didn't even get the Thunderdome because they weren't doing that at that point. Yeah, the Thunderdome wasn't until like SummerSlam. So, you know, it's like, and even then, that was, that was for Roman more than anything, because that's when Roman came back. That's it. So, you know, Drew got his moment, but I wouldn't call it a mania moment because of the situation around mania. Exactly. So I think this that's kind of how this plays out. It'll be a great match. This is I will admit, I still wish it was Drew and Sheamus. That match was fantastic. But what I half believe as well is what I commented was that felt WrestleMania. Drew and Sheamus felt like a mega match on a mega show. And I feel like Lashley was not meant to fight Drew. He was meant to fight someone else, but they couldn't get him. Whether that's Brock Lesnar, I don't know. But because they couldn't get him, that's why they sped up the Sheamus Drew stuff to get it out of the way. So at least you've got Drew. We still have a WWE title match. That's it. 100%. So yeah, this one, I'm torn. I want Lashley to win but I could see Drew going. Yeah, and like unlike a lot of opinion I've been seeing where they're starting to turn on Drew and this and that, it's like, I still like both guys. I'd like to see Lashley with it a little bit more because I reckon he's got a lot more he could do. But regardless of result, I'm going to be happy either way. I'd like Lashley, but I think Drew. That's a, Yeah, that's definitely it. And I think, you know, 
Lashley is going to stay in a position where he's always, I think, now going to be able to capture capture that top prize no matter what brand is on. Especially, like, he's always been at that top tier this whole time. Like, he was in that world title contendership with Batista and John Cena and Triple H. And he left and he's come back and he went straight back to where he was with Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. Like, he's always been at that level. Now that he's won it, it's now... Every time he gets it, it's believable he could actually win now. Yeah, so that's, I think that'll be, uh, do I think it'll be match of the night? I think it could be. Just for big, night one? Big dude. Yeah. yeah, for night one. Not the whole Mania. I got a match in mind for what I think for all of Mania. But two big dudes beating the hell out of each other. Drew has been the master of that with Brock and Sheamus and Randy. Like, it'll be another great match. That's it. Yeah. Another good one. Um, I don't think there's going to be anything surprising about this one. I mean, MVP is going to be there, but I mean, MVP doesn't. I assume MVP is probably going to eat a claymore or a headbutt or something. Yeah. Something along those lines. But I think it's, I think this match will still go to a clean finish. I'll also bring up because they've got one more match left to cover for day one, but they mentioned on raw a lot that this was the main event. So they used to be claiming that the next match was the main event because Royal rumble, but I think as time went on and they viewed fan reaction and everything has happened, I think they switched it so Drew and Lashley are main eventing day one. I think. That'd be interesting because I definitely feel like the two Royal Rumble winners should be main eventing, especially while you have the opportunity to have two main events for the show. That A, two main events, event. and B, it'd be super historic. And this is why I said, like, even though I'm not a fan of either, I'd still sit there and I'd watch it and I'd really enjoy it because. Look at who they are. Look at what they represent. It's a Royal Rumble win. It would be historic on multiple levels that didn't involve Becky, Charlotte, or Ronda Rousey. A hundred percent. Because no matter what, no matter what they say, obviously, yes, those three women they they headlined WrestleMania and they did it first. I still think there's got to be something said for the first non-stipulation singles women's championship match to headline, which is going to be at this current stage. At this point, I don't think it's going to change, ideally. But Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, which on paper seems like a main event. That looks like a big-time match. The only thing that's let it down is the booking and the build to it on the way there. Because when Bianca won the Rumble, it felt like she's going to main event. That is a WrestleMania main eventer. And then this whole story with Carmella and Reginald and Nia and Shayna, and it's just muddled everything and really made it hard to get invested. That's it. I think that the issue is that she's been, you know, booked story-wise as a really stupid baby face who can't believe that Sasha slapped her across the face. God forbid you do that. Oh, my God, how dare you? It's like, I mean, Sasha, first and foremost, she's a heel champion. Exactly. She's still a bad person, technically. She's also the champion you chose to go after. Yeah. That's why I was like, for two people of color to be in the main event for the women's championship, like there's so many things that would tick so many boxes, it would make headlines. I think it should main event, as you mentioned, because Bianca won the Rumble, and that way you can say... The Royal Rumble winner main events. The women will main event one day. The men will main event the other day. You can have that. But with how the build and how everything's built up to it, 
it feels like Lashley and Drew is the bigger match and the biggest match always main events. Mm. I hope they don't change it and I hope they keep it the way it is. Yeah. I feel like ending it on Lashley and Drew, no matter which way it goes, is actually going to take something away from the storytelling that they've done for the Universal Championship. I agree with that. And then it's all well. It's the other thing where it's just like, as we'll get to that with what Roman's been going on about, because I mentioned that a couple of times in previous podcasts about the Chamber and Fastlane, but it's here Bianca Belair won the right to be the main event. And if you make it the main event, because the last person who did it was Becky Lynch, and Becky main evented. Because the other person was Charlotte. She went from the NXT title. So it's like, okay, well, that's the opener. That's different. Because technically, day one of Mania 36 was Undertaker's last match. That's a main event. Uh, and the one before that was Charlotte and Oscar, which was like, well, that was the first one. But at that time, even though that's a mega match, that won't main event. But this feels like a great time to have the Women's Royal Rumble win to actually main event WrestleMania. And it fits. That's it, 100%. I think that that's just the way it needs to go. As for who wins, I don't think there's a question here. I don't see how Bianca Belair doesn't win. She I'm has with to. you. I'm with you there 110%. I think Sasha's held the title for a while now. The, the heel character that she's played has been, you know, she's played it perfectly. Bianca's come in. She's won the Rumble. She's everyone's, you know, like choice to win the match. And ability-wise... You know, you'd say that she is next to none when it comes to ability. Yeah, and this is it was something I brought up when she won the Rumble, and I'll always stand by it. And it's, look, I personally don't like her. Like, it, I don't know what it is, just something about her character. It, it doesn't click with me. With that said, I can't deny she deserved the Rumble win. She deserves to main event WrestleMania. If she wins the title, she deserves it. Like, 100%, she earned it. Like, I'm not going to take that away from her. She's worked just as hard as anyone before before her that's done it. Exactly. So I was like, even though I don't like Bianca, I think the right call is Bianca Belair wins. She should win. 100%. And as well, like I mentioned this comment a little while ago where it was, even if she does win, then the next year you can have Sasha Banks win the Rumble and then her story as a babyface is literally, well, she's never won at Mania. She's 0-6 now. She can't win it. That's it. She... She can win the titles, she can win other pay-per-views, but she chokes at the biggest show every year. And then again, you could make that the main event and she could fight Becky Lynch, she could fight Charlotte, she could fight Bailey, and it would be worthy of that main event level. That's exactly it, 100%. So that basically covers day one at that point. That's a, yeah, that's night one. <laughs> so we got SmackDown, the pre-show, and we got day one. We still got day two to go. <laughs> day two, all right. We're over halfway, because even with the pre-show, we're, what's that match, a seven, nine? Yeah, we're at nine out of 16, so we're over halfway. All right. So, <laughs> night two? Night two. Night two. I don't know if night two is going to have a pre-show, or if it's just going to kick straight I think we should make a safe assumption if there is a pre-show. Like, I assume there is one, but I don't think if there'll be a match, because like this is what we talked about with the last one, where it's... Just starting straight away, we had Lana and Naomi win the number one contendership on day one. So carries over to day two, and it's like, I understand you like to have a pre-show match. If anything, looking at this card, maybe the US title. But Lana, if she's winning, I would put Lana and Naomi against Nia and Shayna on the main show and give Lana that big spotlight. What was that? 
I don't think you need a pre-show match. Looking no. at these matches, I don't think any of them would fit the pre-show. Even the well, US title match. The top. That's what I was going to say. Is the top five all of them need to be on the show? If Lana's going to win the titles, that I would put that on the main show, which leaves the US title. If you have to do that, but I don't think you need to. That's yeah. That's exactly it. So, Nia and Shayna going up against. I mean, our pick would be Lana and Naomi. Yeah. So the winner of that said tag team tournament. So Lana, Naomi, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Liv Morgan, Ruby Wright, Natalia Tamina, whoever it is. I think. If it's not Lana and Naomi, Nia and Shayna win. Just outright, yeah. they win. I think the but only chance... It, that, so go ahead. Oh, the only chance Nia and Shayna have of losing the titles is if Lana and Naomi are the ones challenging. Exactly what I was about to say. Because as we mentioned in that whole tag team turmoil spiel a bit earlier, where it's like, Lana's got the history. It's the big payoff. It's a satisfying conclusion. It feels right. That's it. You know, she she finally gets her, like payoff like what was her payoff for all those weeks of going through the announce tables you know everything that she went through there was a payoff like there should be a payoff and more of a payoff than oh well you know she was the sole survivor of survivor series it's like but didn't she didn't really ever get her come up again even being the sole survivor like yeah as you mentioned like that wasn't that felt like a bit more of the story that's a bit more padding not the conclusion she needs to you know, without any debate, I'm going to say she needs to pin Nia. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think the best way to do it is like Lana and Nia are on the floor. They're doing something. Shayna comes in to hit Lana. She moves. So Shayna knocks out Lana. Naomi, uh, sorry, knocks out Nia. Naomi and Shayna take each other out and Lana does something to pin Nia. That would be completely satisfactory. A hundred percent. I think Lana needs to get that pinfall over Nia. And the big one as well, that would then finally free up Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler to go after Oscar and go back into the Raw title scene so we have people in that scene again. A hundred percent. Because, I mean, I think Shane is more than ready herself. Yeah. Nia's always going to be at that level. Like, just, again, similar to Kane and Mark Henry and all Like, just, she's kind of that person where you can just put her in the main event and, hey, it works. She can just be there. Shayna, I think after the whole thing with Becky Lynch and she came down, she's now come back up that she's now ready to go back to that level. A hundred percent. So unless Lana is in this tag team match, I see Shayna and Nia retaining, but I really think it's going to be Lana. Yeah, I think it's the right match and winning the titles. I think it's the right call. And plus, as said, it's satisfactory. And Lana finally wins something like, hey, she did something. Yeah, that's it. You know, like. She's been floating with not much achievement. It's about time that she gets something. Yeah. And plus, again, as you mentioned, WrestleMania, that's a mania moment. Lana's all her hard work and everything she did over these last four or five years culminated in winning the big one by beating her big rival. 100%. So we got, what's that, six more matches to go through this show. All right. So Riddle and Sheamus, singles match, US Championship. I think Riddle's just going to retain based off of, I think they can do more for him with that title than I think they were going to try and do with Sheamus, who I think is past that point for that title. Okay, that's interesting, right? Because I picked Sheamus to win. Nothing against Matt Riddle or anything like that. The reason I picked Sheamus to win was coming off the Drew McIntyre feud. He's, as you mentioned, he's kind of just there. He's a bit beyond that. But he can transition to get it onto someone else. Say Keith Lee comes back. Sheamus is the perfect guy to get the title over from Riddle to Keith Lee. 
uh, Damien Priest goes for it. You could have Seamus drop it to Damien Priest. Like, I think it's a better, easy way to bridge the gap. And it's just like, hey, thanks for putting Drew over. Thanks for all your hard work during the Thunderdome era. You know, you were the, the real good worker during that. Like, you were the MVP of the Thunderdome era. So here's the US title. Like, that's a thank you to you. I can definitely see that. I think both of them could go either way. I think Riddle Riddle's a hard one because it was like, you know, even though the match he won that title, it got changed up last minute. Yeah. I think we mentioned that in the chamber. It was like, if, by leaving a triple threat, you wouldn't leave it a triple threat if Lashley wasn't losing it, which meant Matt Riddle had to win it by default. Yeah, well, that's it. And they know for a fact Lashley needed to be kept out of that decision. Yeah, because as we mentioned, like Lashley went to the WWE Championship. He can't be the US champion if he's going to go to that level. So just easy getting on Riddle. Since then, what do we do? Like he's been doing some stuff with Ali and doing a couple things with Sheamus. So as you mentioned, like there is a lot more Matt Riddle could do. He could fight The Miz after Mania. He could fight Braun Strowman and it makes sense. Like there's a lot he could do. So I think this one could kind of go either way. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he could, he could definitely uh, use a bit more time remembering his promos. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I laughed so hard when that happened. I had to send that to so many people. Be like, I'm sorry, you have to watch this. At the same time, part of me is like, you know what? Even forgetting his promos, I mean, his character is a his character is I am a stoner. Well, it was like with Rob Van Dam. It was just like as stupid as that was, and as hilarious as it is, it still worked. It fit with who he is as a character. A hundred percent. So I think it could definitely go either way. Both men could take the title in completely different directions. I think it's the first one we've actually had a disagreement so far, like of the entire show. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be inter- this will be one that I'll be watching interestingly because I think their two styles, are, they're similar, but there's a bit of a difference between their two styles still. Yeah, exactly. So it could go either way. All right. So heading Ooh. on to the next one. Now, this I'm not going to lie. Match- this match just puts a smile on my face for the fact it's happening to begin with. That's it. I was going to say the exact same. This is a match I've wanted to see happen for the longest time. And I feel like they've teased it and they've teased it and we got glimpses we've, we've of it. We've had multiple, multiple iterations of it at every other point. In it. It's like Cena and Randy. It's like, it's constantly there. It's all over the place. But the one place you want it to happen, it hasn't happened yet. And now it's it, going to happen. It's Cena and Randy, except if it happened all over the world on a bunch of different platforms. <laughs> and then they get to the major platform, the biggest platform, and then they and, don't do it. Yeah. So, and the funniest part, the funniest part is in this whole thing, this is the only time the roles have been reversed. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just think it's the greatest thing about this whole situation is constantly it's always it's one way one way one way we get here and suddenly it's the other way for no reason now the thing with this match and as excited as as i am to see it finally happening the one thing that makes me go why is the with logan paul yeah i've got a lot of friends who are the same i'm the same way i'm trying to ignore that like it I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, you know, but he's really trying to clean up his act and this and that. I was like, yeah, but it doesn't make it any better. It's the fact that it happened to begin with and it's something that it shouldn't have happened with what happened with Logan Paul. And okay, he's trying to clean up his act, whatever. Let him do that. He's more than welcome to do that. And if he can make amends for that down the line, that's more than fine. 
But to me, it's also this thing of why Logan Paul? Like, what does he bring to this match? Exactly. He doesn't bring anything for Sami Zayn. You know, what what has he accomplished since trying to turn his life around that would put him in that level? You know, he, he isn't a director of conspiracy theory fucking documentaries himself. See, so, that's what I thought it might have been because Sami Zayn was the one who tweeted him. He was like, oh, you should take a look at the, you know, my conspiracy stuff and blah, blah, and this and that. So I'm like, I guess you could get away with that. But again, is it necessary? Like, you know, there, there's so many things. Like, I don't know. Like, don't know this guy at all. It could be a flat earther. Maybe he is into conspiracies. Maybe that's why this works out so well. But at the same time, it's like, the fact that he is going to be there with Sami Zayn for this match. And all I can think to myself is this guy's physical accomplishments that he's had in the last few years is that he lost two boxing matches. Exactly. Like, understandable that he went into these fights. One, I think both were with one one YouTuber and one was actually a draw. He, he didn't win. Yeah. And it's like, so he's not taking bumps in this match. I can guarantee you he will not take bumps. Like my only thought I can get to this is like because we have Bad Bunny on day one, like I guess to a younger demographic, maybe he appeals. I don't know. No one I talk to seems to like him, but that just could be because that's my generation, I guess. Oh, and that that's the only thing I can think of is we want to get these, you know, we want to get the kids that love TikTok, that love, you know, watching their vlog YouTubers and all that sort of stuff or, you know, the, the kids that like watching the YouTube videos about people with way too much money spending it on stupid things. Ah, uh, right. And how do we get them in? Well, Logan Paul's pretty popular with them. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring him in and we'll get a big fat stack of money for it. <coughs> I, I mean, guarantee it's probably not inaccurate, right? <laughs> guarantee you probably would not have shown up if the money wasn't right. Yeah. I mean, I like to imagine, right, Whoever had this idea of bringing Logan Paul in brings it up to Vince. And Vince's response is just, who? I mean, that's pretty accurate, right? I, I imagine that's the way it is for a few people. Because apparently, like, Bad Bunny was saying, I don't know if it was just his promo, if he was, like, being genuine. Apparently, Booker T asked him to do that music performance. So it was Booker T who went to Vince McMahon to ask about it. But as, as you said, like, I sit here and I'm like, so who was it for Logan Paul then? Yeah, that's exactly it. It, it feels... Also, to me, it's like, did they get Logan Paul because his brother is in the headlines? Maybe. You're not going to get his brother at the moment. He's too busy training for the inevitable ass kicking he's probably going to get. And, you, you, okay, well, I'll touch on it a little bit. I do keep up with that sort of stuff. And, yeah, he's going into a boxing match with a former, you know, MMA champion. Oh, wow. So right. it, it's it's going to go one or two ways. and. I'm t- leaning more on the other way. Of he's he's going to seriously get his ass kicked by this guy. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah. you're not going to get him at WrestleMania when in, I want to say, a few weeks he's got this it'd fight. It's a similar thing to when Brock Lesnar fought Dean Ambrose. And I was like, look, I know you want to do all these things, but Brock's got this big mega fight coming up in two months. Like, we can't risk an injury. We can't risk something stupid. And I know that's going to disappoint you and disappoint a lot of people, but that's a lot of money and that's a mega match for another company. Uh, you can't 100%. Risk I think that's the uh, that's the thing. It's You can't risk getting someone hurt in that regard when they've got big money on the line elsewhere. But it's also what I bring up, right, as well, was as you mentioned, how does Logan Paul fit into this? Because it's like with this Kevin Owens-Sami Zayn match, 
Sammy's been going on about, oh, conspiracies, conspiracies, everyone's against him. And he was the one who went to Kevin Owens because it was like, hey, you and I have been friends, been enemies, you know, bring up all the history and just turn around and said, why don't you come see and, you know, help me with my conspiracy. So Kevin Owens sat there and he watched him and Sammy tried to very blatantly cheat, got caught and then lost to Baron Corbin. And then he's like, oh, see conspiracies. And Kevin Owens is just sitting there like, there's no conspiracy. You're crazy. Sammy attacked him, all attacked him, you know, back and forth. And it's like, so how does Logan Paul fit into this? Like you could have just ended it there was Kevin Owens has debunked Sammy's theory. It, there is no conspiracy. And Sammy's just gone a little insane. Like that's simple. Yeah, that's it. A hundred percent. I'll just stop you quickly there. Dan, uh, does your microphone have a setting to lower your voice at all? <laughs> oh, I could. <laughs> like, I mean, like, because you've just gone really deep voiced. You're not loud. Your voice has gone really deep. <laughs> oh. I've been getting told that that's an issue recently. I mean, I'm fine with it. I can, I can keep going. I just heard it. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Give me one second. This is similar to the Matt Riddle-Sheamus match. Like, I could see this going either way. That's it. I think what makes me think it could really go either way here is that Kevin Owens is fighting to make Sammy see that he's a fucking idiot. Exactly. So if Kevin Owens wins, well, then that he gets that moment. Yeah, you're an yeah. idiot, and I will beat that out of you. Sami Zayn, exactly. on the other hand, he could win, I mean, with help from Logan Paul, I guess. Maybe. Or being a Kevin Owens match, he could win because Kevin Owens is going to do something inevitably dumb, <laughs> like try and jump off the pirate ship again. I mean, Sammy could easily just win by count out and then they keep fighting and then they do that segment where Kevin Owens wants to jump off the pirate ship. He's made that very well known. And then that's just not a part of the match. Like, they just keep beating each other up, which is what they do. Well, that's it. So I think it could go either way. I think Sammy... honest opinion, I'm picking Sammy Zayn for the win. And the reason why is not here, nothing to do with all this or that. It's the future. It's the next pay-per-view, which is Money in the Bank. Because I've got Sammy Zayn down as my winner at the moment for Money in the Bank. Because ever since he started this conspiracy thing and the, the two Intercontinental titles with Jeff Hardy and all that, like... He's been reaching this next level that puts you in that main event spot. Like, he deserves to be there. And he just needs that last little push to reach it. And having everything with Edge and Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, it's like, you could easily slot Sami Zayn in there when, like, oh, you know, Big E finally won the big one and he, he beat Roman Reigns, he's Universal Champ, and Sami Zayn cashes in. It's like, look, my conspiracy, I was correct. Like, I got the thing that counters the conspiracy. I'm the Universal Champion now. Look how great I am. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think that Sami Zayn's character has gone far enough now that it's like he's one or two matches off of taking that leap to that so next level. Because I've got Sami down as my winner for Money in the Bank, I'm picking him to win here so he can use that momentum to go through to Money in the Bank. No, I, I agree. I, I'm not feeling that it's going to be a Kevin Owens win because if, I think if Kevin Owens wins, it puts a halt to everything Sammy's been doing for the last few months. Yeah. It's like Sammy yeah. can usually afford a loss, but it depends like when there's a major thing. Like, you know, the Elimination Chamber, that's not going to affect him. Who cares? But then when it's like, for instance, the Intercontinental title match, and he lost it to Big E, cool. And he lost again and again and again. It's like eventually it's going to reach a point where he needs to start winning. That's it. Whereas I feel like for Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens loses. I mean, he, he's lost very recently, multiple Universal Championship matches. Exactly. But he, he doesn't plus, like, gain there's, there's anything. A difference. There's no offense to them right now, but like, there's a difference of Sami Zayn with Big E. 
and Kevin Owens with Roman Reigns. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I think, like Matt, like we said before, Riddle and Seamus, like, this can go either way, but I'm going to pick Sami Zayn for this one. I'm with you. So we're going Sami Zayn. He's going to keep going on with his conspiracies until he can finally break the curse. And now we go to the Intercontinental Championship match. Big E versus Apollo Crews in a Nigerian drum fight. We made a couple of jokes about this before. The match. Also, this is for the. I don't know if you mentioned the Intercontinental Championship match. Uh, we did make a couple of jokes about, but I'm like genuinely, what's a Nigerian drum match, Apollo? Well, I mean, is it is this one of those things where they're also like, you know, in the past where they've done this, where it's like, oh, we're gonna have, and I don't know, is it just a generic like, we're going to have this match? We're not just gonna call it a street fight because, well, it's not, but it is. But it's a Nigerian street fight, but we're going to have like the tribal drums and that sort of stuff there to beat each yeah, other. Yeah, because it was the thing of like at the end of Fastlane, Apollo Crews lost and then he beat the hell out of Big E and he's made a point, you know, stand tall, stand proud, don't show weakness, blah, blah, blah. Like that's what he's trying to do. It's like, that's all great and that's fantastic. But my question on that is, why is it not Last Man Standing? You made it a point to be standing and t- being the tall guy, like Last Man Standing here. So why isn't a Last Man Standing match? Yeah, see, I feel like this is just another way to cash in on, oh, well, you know, his character now admits that he's Nigerian royalty and, you know, he wants to be Nigerian now, so now the match has to be a Nigerian fight. Yeah. We can't can't call it a Nigerian street fight because that might incite other things. True. But it's, yeah, regardless how I look at it and how I try and cut this, I think Apollo Crews has to win. This isn't a case like where I look at it like, you know, Bad Bunny and Damien Priest, like they're going to win. Huh? There's no other way. But it's like Big E could still win this, but I feel if Big E wins, it hurts Apollo Crews a lot more than losing it like Fastlane did. Because this is like, what, his sixth title match now? A hundred percent. And this is his, what, second after his character change? Yeah, it's like at some point he's got to... It, it was the thing with Matt Riddle and Bobby Lashley I brought up at the Chamber, where I was like, eventually Riddle's got to win. Otherwise, he's just so outclassed, it doesn't matter. 100%. I think that if if Apollo Crews was to lose this time, the character would character change would have been for nothing, and he exactly. wouldn't get another title match. I mean, he lost to Big E last time on a very botched, very oh, botched uh, finish was, there. I mean, That was very hard to watch as well. I mean, it was a roll-up counted into a fuck knows what Big E tried to roll back through, but couldn't then only tried to bridge at, like, the count of two, but his shoulders stayed down as well. I It was a mess. And that shit happens, but it calls into question there. It's like, well, Apollo Crews got beaten by a really dodgy-looking roll-up counter. Yeah. So now he has to win. And it, it obviously it's, it's going to be a hardcore, extreme rules, whatever you want to call it, match. So clean finish is kind of a loose term because they're going to use weapons. They're going to no-holds-barred that shit out of it. Yeah. But he has to definitively pin Big E. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that's the way this kind of has to go. Apollo Crews kind of has to win. And as I'm looking at this, and I, we got three more matches to go, and I get the feeling who I know is going to win two out of the three of them, it makes it really awkward, right? Because I mentioned, you know, Sheamus is going to win. Okay, well, that's a bad guy. Sammy's going to win. That's another bad guy. And Apollo Crews. And then two other people I've got down are also bad guys. And I'm like, it's getting really hard because you don't want too many bad guys to win, especially at WrestleMania of all places. But it's almost like, yeah, but they kind of have to win, especially in Apollo Crews' case. Yeah, that's it. It's Looking at it, you can see there, there are people that can afford a loss and people that can't. 
Apollo crews cannot afford a loss. Big E can. You know, yeah. if, if we go back to what we said on night one with AJ and Omos winning the tag team championships, Big E yeah. loses the Intercontinental to Apollo Crews. As I was say, New Day lose all their titles. Like that just, it kind of works with what, what's happening here. And I mean, that's happened to them so many times. I mean, what, they've been tag team champions and they lose them. Kofi had the SmackDown, was it the WWE? Yes, he had the yeah, WWE, the WWE title. And then he lost that. But in the period of time he held that, the New Day were not tag team champions. I think like just before, like just around when he was about to lose it, they picked him back up. So, you know, it's like the three of them don't need to hold championships at the same time consistently. And exactly. I think now is the time that they can all drop them, start fresh. I mean, the thing is as well, remembering being a champion means you don't get any time away from work. Exactly. For them. If you're the champion, you're here all the time. So being a champion during the period of time that they've been, it's like, well, maybe they just need some time away from TV for a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think Apollo Crews winning here is a very good. Crews could then even fight Kevin Owens. Like, that would work for a bit of a rivalry where, you know, oh, you know, you hurt my friend and this and that. And Kevin Owens is sticking up for uh, Big E. And then Big E can come back. I think they announced one of the shows might be payback. Big E comes back and wins the IC title there, and then that's the end of it. Cool. Thumbs up. All good, yeah. I think I can see Apollo's got to win. He's going to win. Like, I, I don't bet money usually, but I would put money down on Apollo Crews. I'm that confident. Yeah, I agree. So moving on from that one. We've got the three main events of day two now. A weird one, a really weird one that they'd go about this way. But it's The Fiend with Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. I mean, we've seen this sort of match pop up of last year, it felt like. All of last year, although it wasn't. Well, again, happened. this is a, another one that, as you said, you brought up while well, we brought up it before we started, where it was, so Bray Wyatt started stalking Randy Orton around Survivor Series time. I mean, and I'll bring up a comment about this. I'm curious where The Fiend goes from here afterwards, because the whole point of The Fiend is getting revenge on everyone, and the one guy he's never beaten is Randy Orton. And then, like, he was Bray Wyatt, and he lost to Randy, and he lost to Randy. And then Randy broke up the Wyatt family. He lost to Randy with the world title on the line at Mania. And then all this stuff happened. He became the Fiend. And then the Fiend fought Randy Orton. And he lost again. And it's like, he just can't beat Randy Orton. Which so is really if the weird. Fiend wins, that's it. That's it. There's nothing else for the Fiend to do. Well, you see, that, that's the thing, right? The Fiend can't beat Randy Orton. The Fiend has beaten Daniel Bryan. The Fiend has beaten John Cena. And Seth Rollins and Braun and Seth Strowman. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. All these people he's gotten revenge on. But there's one that I do think is on that list that he hasn't gone up against yet. And I know it does play into a later match, but still. That is true. I've been. Roman Reigns. I have brought about Roman specifically. They're very, very intentionally keeping away from that match. And I think from what I can tell. It seems like they want to keep the Fiend matches not title-based. He held a title for a while after he beat Daniel and Bryan for it. Even still, it was like he beat Seth for it. And, to, and I brought, bring this up. I, was like, I don't know if they actually officially said it, but it was like when he was Firefly Funhouse Bray and he grabbed the Universal title. I was like, this is my favorite toy. Like, do you want to play? And I was like, he's using the – he took the title from Seth because that's what Seth cared about. He cared about the title. So the Fiend took it away because that's what he wanted. He then used the title to get Daniel Bryan out so he'd get that's revenge right, on yeah. Bryan. And granted, we didn't talk about it with Goldberg, but it was almost like 
I don't need this now. And he threw it away, which is why Goldberg had it. And then as That's well, cool. you bring it back around where Braun Strowman had it. And again, like he said, he doesn't care about Alexa Bliss. He cares about the universal title and getting the fiend. So the fiend took the universal title and now Roman took it back. And Roman ever since has been, I'm the head of the table. I'm the champ. I'm the die, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, it almost feels like if they do that, that's got to be the title match because that's what Roman cares about. But at the same time, and this is what I brought up the whole time, where it's three people mattered about The Fiend. Randy Orton, John Cena, Roman Reigns. We got Cena. We're fighting Randy now, and that leaves Roman. And it's the whole thing where it comes back to anyone but you, which was the whole thing in 2015. And let's not forget The Fiend beat John Cena WrestleMania last year. Yep. And John has stayed the fuck away. John has stayed deleted. So, I mean, obviously, Daniel Bryan, different case, other guys, different cases, but it's like... But it's like, well, that's what I bring up. Like, he fought Randy at TLC. He got burnt alive, and the Fiend, quote-unquote, died. Alexa Bliss revived him, and now we're fighting him again. It's like, now, now I believe the Fiend's going to win. For us, it's the big climactic finish. I could believe that the Fiend might fight Roman at next year's WrestleMania as the grand finale. I could see that being the uh being the way it is. I could on unfortunately I could also see that as if that's the last target of the fiend, that Roman has to conquer the fiend. Exactly. And I think that's what everyone said like and I agree with it. I hundred percent went with it where it was uh, we all thought the first person to beat the fiend would be Roman Reigns. Turned out it was Randy Orton. But it was like but that's because he's a sick son of a bitch. <laughs> that's because hey let's set people on fire. That'll be fun. But yeah, it's like The Fiend, granted he never got his revenge on The Undertaker or Kane because they're now retired, Kane's in the Hall of Fame, whatever. But it's like, he could still fight Roman Reigns. He could still fight, um, like he's currently fighting Randy Orton. Like it feels very climactic. It's coming to an end. And the problem with The Fiend, because this is what I bring up. I see that the only way this match ends is The Fiend has to win. Hands down, he's got to beat Randy Orton. There's no other way this happens. But then what happens next? Mm, that's it. And especially for the fact that the match is just a plain old singles match. I don't think that's going to stick. Yeah, that's the thing that we brought up before we started was you went from, you know, they did their supernatural stuff. They had a normal match. Bray won. Then they, Randy joined him. He broke up the White family. They had a normal match at Mania for the title. Randy won. And then they did the House of Horrors, and then they did the the Inferno match, quote-unquote. And then the No Holds Barred match with Alexa. And it's like, now it's singles? Like, now it's just a basic match? How do you go from setting someone on fire to just a basic match? Yeah, how do you go from you have to kill me to get rid of me to, oh, I just need to pin you? That's why I'm half surprised it's not a, uh, not a, a Buried Alive match almost. Well, that's the thing, right? For all we know, this is like, Oh, we advertise it as a singles match because, well, that we don't want to oversaturate, you know, with everything that we've got. Even still, like the only only stipulations, even if we go all the way through, we got the steel cage match on day one, the Nigerian drum fight on day two, and the triple threat on day two. Like you could still have another stipulation, and I could see it being added maybe in the pre-show, maybe day one. Like I can see them doing something. Because everyone yeah, expected can... a Firefly Funhouse match. And it's like, if we're having crowds back, we can't do that. That's not how that works. Or we can, but it's going to feel weird when the crowds in the arena have to look up at the screen, which means we can't have that. Exactly. 
you know, like the whole thing with the John Cena one that made it so good was that it was like John Cena came to the arena and they had the big fist arena in his old thugonomics (laughs) getup, but it seemed like it was all happening in the same night. Exactly. Where it's like, they can't do that now. That was one thing I brought up when we were just before we started, where it was, you know, you had Bray Wyatt go from Firefly Funhouse to the cult leader to the fiend, and you had uh, corrupting Alexa Bliss, and Alexa Bliss would change between a normal self and then the Firefly Funhouse self and uh, the Fury Alexa, like the the all serious fiendess. And then you also had like Alexa's dropping light grids and Randy setting Bray Wyatt on fire and like. We can't have any of that stuff when the fans come back. That all disappears. That's it. So it's what direction do they try to take it where it's the Fiend has to win, but this has to be like the Fiend has to win in a way that writes Randy off for, yeah, for a while. I, and, and it's like that's the, the, the thing, right? Because it's like you could have Randy still got a couple years left at least. He could still go for a while. But at this point, if the Fiend's going to win, he's going to delete Randy Orton. At least for a while. That's so it. how do we do that? Snap his neck. <laughs> Apparently he did that to Finn Balor and he got rid of the demon. It didn't stop Daniel Bryan though, did it? I know, right? But yeah, I, I'm interested what happens after. I'm interested how we get there in this match. But the only way we get there is Bray Wyatt's got to win. 100%. 100%. So moving on, I don't think there's much else we can really say about that much other than the Fiend, ha- the fiend has to win. Randy will have to go away for a little bit. We don't know how they're going to do it. In a singles match, it doesn't seem possible. I'm sure they'll change it up. Yeah, something something screw is going on. It doesn't feel right. That's it. So moving on. I only got two matches left to go. The Raw Women's Championship match. Asuka. Now, so go on. Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Yeah, now this, we mentioned it at the start, both in the tag team turmoil match in the women's tag title match, and now it's here, where it's Oscar's title reign cannot be denied it's been lackluster due to a lack of challenges. She's had no one to fight. The only people she's had to fight were Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, and they've been so busy in the women's tag title scene that she hasn't had a real feud. And that's why it's weird that those two aren't here fighting Oscar for the title after spending seven months fighting her and Kyrie and Oscar and Charlotte and Oscar and Lana and like, all these people, and they're not here at the grand finale. But then the other side of that was Charlotte obviously was meant to be involved here. Charlotte got COVID. She's out. Panic mode, what do we do? Hi, Rhea Ripley. She was coming up anyway. She had already been announced. And Rhea slots in here really nice because people who know her from last year's Mania, she was the women's champion from NXT, but also she was the runner-up in the Rumble. Exactly. She was the runner-up in the Rumble. So like, people do know Rhea. So at least we have some resemblance and knowledge about her but my concern is i only see rhea ripley winning i don't see oscar retaining because basically Shayna kicked her teeth out she needs to go away she needs to heal she needs surgery so she's got to lose but the problem is and we've had we've seen it with wade barrett we've seen it with sheamus we've seen it with so many people where if you start at the top the only way is down Rhea's going to win that title she's going to be at the top and the only way is down i think I think this is going to be one of those weird ones, right? And I get this feeling from just, I want to say I saw it yesterday morning that Rhea is going to get a special entrance, as in there's yeah. going to be a live performance. Yes, she, I saw that too. She is getting a uh, her entrance theme played live. Now, that doesn't happen 
all the time. Correct. In fact, that rarely happens at all. I'm gonna say, in fact, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, the last one I can think of is Triple H. It's well, maybe Rey Mysterio. It's been a while. I'm just trying to think. I mean, if you want to say more recent memory, I think they had who does uh, Alistair Black's. Oh, true. NXT, yes. Like yeah, they've they had, had people a- play Shinsuke's theme and Alistair Black's theme. I, mean, I think Shirai may have had it once, maybe. Ronda had it. But yeah, it's very, very rare that it happens. Like you get one person gets it a year. That's it. And the fact that it is Rhea Ripley, someone who for the most part we did not see getting this opportunity this year, it makes me really believe that she is going to be coming out of it on top. Yeah. So because so go ahead. Because I was going to say, because out of all of the people you could have had that for, you know, you could have had the the live performance for, just going through the list of names of people that are there. I mean, you could have had Oscar. I mean, her theme probably isn't the most. You easily could have had Edge. I mean, Edge would have been a event. huge one. Like, if they had Edge's theme live, that would have been massive. You could have had Snoop Dogg come back and play Sasha out again. A hundred percent. I mean, if they're going to main event, there you go. Get Sasha because Sasha would get hers. Like I mean, you know, I think if Charlotte was here, she would have gotten one. I really Perhaps. do. I don't think it would have been played live, but I think she would have gotten some form of like NXT, like you know, sort of like the Triple H Throne level of thing. Yeah, where they get the NXT stars involved. So the thing I bring up about it is why I I genuinely believe I don't see it any other way. Rhea's gonna win for multiple reasons. But what I think, and I think I thought about this the other day. I say the other day, it was like two weeks ago when the match got announced. And it was my, I kept thinking and thinking and thinking. And I thought, well, even though Rhea's starting at the top, you don't have to crash her to the earth. Because what you could do is pull the rug out from underneath her, so to say, and then she builds her way back up. So Rhea wins the title, but then Charlotte wins money in the bank and cashes in to beat Rhea. She's now got a story. That's twice now she's lost to Charlotte. I can definitely see that. I mean, even to the point where it's like, I feel like with the current generation, it's always hard because it's like she's had amazing matches in NXT. Oh, yeah. So, like, the amount of time she put over, like, Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, like, Rhea's been amazing. She's started at the bottom at NXT. Yeah. It's just, it's hard because there is such a big divide in fans that will actually watch NXT to that only watch main roster. Exactly. So it's like she's been at the bottom and she worked her way up and, you know, she she went on to be a winner in a War Games match. Yeah. Which says so much like, for the for the match that it is. It's, it's an amazing accomplishment. She's seen the highs and then she's seen the lows again in NXT. It, it comes and goes. The fact that it's now her time to go to the main roster... I think it almost feels natural that she should be coming in like a ball of fire. Yeah, exactly. And as mentioned, like I brought up this big list the other day because it's like, um, I brought up a big list about the Royal Rumble as final fours and if they did a mega match. And when I wrote it at the time, Rhea Ripley was not scheduled for WrestleMania. But third place, who was Charlotte, was in this match. Since then, they swapped roles because Charlotte got COVID and Rhea's taken her spot. But it's still like, that's where you can easily go with this is Rhea wins. She could fight Shayna and Nia at the next show, triple threat, because they're gonna, we're assuming they'll lose the tag titles. Like th- there's a few people, Rhea could fight Alexa. Rhea eliminated Alexa and was unfazed by the whole fiend stuff that was going on. Yeah. She was the one person unfazed. 
you could have Rhea, as we mentioned, fighting Charlotte because then there's the big thing of she can't beat Charlotte. It's her kryptonite. You've still got on SmackDown like Rhea and Bailey. You could bring Bailey back. Rhea and B- uh, Becky Lynch would be a great matchup of the man and the nightmare. That's it. I, there are there are a lot of possibilities. I just you want them to be actually doing those things and not you know she's the champion. She's gonna come out and she's gonna have matches against you know people. Yeah, it's the sense. difference right between Drew McIntyre and someone like no offense to him, but babyface Seth Rollins. Seth came out and I'm happy to be here in the Universal Champ, Fighting Champ, blah blah. It's like that works great for your mid card level, like your IC and your US titles. But for the main title, it doesn't quite work like that. Like it won't get over. And then you got Drew McIntyre, who's doing the same thing, but he's got this cool, laid back persona. Of st- but he's still like this big motherfucker who's could pretty much murder you. And that's sort of the role Rhea slips into is more on the Drew McIntyre side than the Seth Rollins side. I definitely agree with you there. I mean, it's it's the mentality as to why why did John Cena only do open. <laughs> you know, open challenges with the U.S. title. Exactly. Because you you don't do open challenges every week, every Monday on Raw for the WWE Championship. You don't do that. Exactly. So Rhea could still fight, you know, at the moment, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose and beat them handedly. Look, she's on another level like Oscar is. But then being able to have these great, long, epic matches with Shayna Baszler and Charlotte and Bailey and all that. Yeah, that's definitely it. I think um, I, I just see think it's, it going. It, I don't see Oscar winning at the end of the day because of that accident where Shayna kicked her teeth out. It was a freak accident. It shouldn't have happened. But because of that, and she was away, what, like two, three weeks? That's not enough time to recover from that level of surgery. Like if you remember Cesaro, when his teeth went up in his mouth and he had to get them removed, like he was out for two months. Like, he's still on the show, but he wasn't doing anything. Sheamus did all the work for two months. Like Oscar hasn't had that. And if yeah, she's going to go and have that surgery, she can't be the champ. No, 100%. She needs that time to recover. And I think this is a good time as any to, you know, she just has to get through WrestleMania. Just get through the WrestleMania period, you know, drop the title, go get, you know, go get seen to take that time off and come back, you know, ready to go for. And then you'll easily have that match lingering where it's like you got the match with Shayna because she knocked your teeth out. You got the match with Rhea because, well, Rhea took your title and then you went away. Like you'll, Oscar will have more options and will benefit longer from being away for a bit. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent there, which I think pretty much wraps up that match. <laughs> which brings um, us to the real main event. The only match we know is main eventing one of the days. That's it, which is crazy that uh, we got to this match. Honestly, all things considered, right? I mean, I've seen it all over the, all over the internet. It's like... Oh, the mains? Well, I was going to say it's like Edge was essentially retired. You know, oh, due to yeah. injury, finally, it came back after all these years. Daniel Bryan had to tell everyone he could no longer wrestle because of injuries and concussions and all that sort of stuff that happened to him. Roman Reigns left to go get treated for leukemia. All three of the men are now back main eventing WrestleMania. Exactly. Now, the, is, what I, was I mean, up, Paul Heyman is just Paul Heyman. I mean, accurate. And Jey Uso. But what I was bringing up was I've seen a couple of memes running around where it's like, oh, Godzilla versus King Kong versus Daniel Bryan. Oh my God. It's hilarious. But yeah, no, it's accurate. And this is the cool thing. Like when the rumble happened, I think I mentioned, I know I said Seamus was my winner, but I think I mentioned Daniel Bryan was my runner up because they very much hinted and they poked and they prodded. And it was like, 
Brian and Roman, Brian and Roman, Brian and Roman. It's going to happen. Brian and Roman. And then Edge came back and cut that amazing promo that made you believe he was going to win. And sure enough, he did. But I was looking back through it and I was talking with someone because they're like, oh, I don't like that Brian's been forced into this and this and that. And I was like, well, if you look at it, Jey Uso turned heel because of Brian. Then Roman made sure Brian was out. Like he took him out. And then Brian's been lobbying since November to get this match with Roman. And when he finally got it, Edge cost him the match. So like Brian naturally fits into this where it's Roman Brian against each other. Edge and Brian, because Edge thinks Brian's taking his spot. And then you got Edge and Roman against each other, where it's the two big egos where the current face and the former face of SmackDown, like these guys ran the show. That's it. And honestly, like, I think this is the sort of match where I'm looking at it and I want to I want to see Edge come out on top. I really do. Uh, the thing on that, I have Edge as my winner. I think he's winning. But at the same time, my concern is... Are they going to use Edge to get the title off of Roman onto Daniel Bryan? Not quite Bryan, but very similar thinking is my exact thought. So what I think here is Roman's been a fantastic champion. He's been the ace of WWE since he came back. He's been on that other level that Stone Cold and John Cena and The Rock work at, like right up top. And when you look at it, eventually everyone's got to lose. We said it with Lashley with the US title at, uh, in February. It's like, everyone has to lose eventually. You can't hold on to it forever. My thought process was, this is the best chance you're ever going to get to get it off Roman. This is your ultimate chance to get the title off Roman Reigns. And he doesn't have to take loss. He doesn't have to look weak and rah, rah, rah. And that brings you to Edge and Brian. And as much as I'd love either guy winning, looking at it and everyone's making the comparisons to Mania 30 and Brian getting in and rah, rah. That was a different situation, a different time, because there was many things that worked into that, you know, with CM Punk leaving and Brian not getting in the rumble and Brian fighting Triple H and all that. There's so many things throughout that whole thing. I think they've put Brian in here to be the guy who takes the loss. So Edge can take the uh, beat Brian. Brian was the catalyst for Edge to go back to the rated R superstar, and now he's back on top of SmackDown. And it plays in well is that it's originally Edge picked Roman, I want Roman, I want the universal title. That was his that was his thing. Exactly. But as you said, it's because of Daniel Bryan that Edge has gone back to being the rated R superstar. And it was the other thing as well, where it was Edge was gonna pick Roman and then they announced the stuff with the chamber and Edge said to Brian, you know, if you win, it's you and uh Brian was like, If I fight Roman, I know I'll beat Roman. And Edge was like, Well, if you beat Roman, it's you, it's you and me, who wins that? Brian's like keep that answer to myself and edge is entertaining the idea and then it was afterwards when roman won because brian had just been in the chamber of all things and brian's now trying to fight his way and get this match with roman reigns and rah, rah, and edge is like what are you doing you lost get out it's like you're trying to take my spot now you lost yeah, you had your shot yeah so i was like edge saw brian trying to use edge's tactics and it's like Stop playing my game. I'm the rated R superstar. I'm the ultimate opportunity. It's me. Like, stop playing my game. And then Brian played it and he got in and now Edge has had enough. And I think because of that, we're going to see an Edge that doesn't care who he beats. He doesn't care. I don't think he's going to care how he wins. Yep. I think he will. He would be happy to pick up the scraps on Daniel Bryan. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Edge and Bryan... Uh, Edge and Roman are going to fight and fight and 
Roman will take out Edge, and then Brian will come in, and they'll fight, and Brian will hit the running knee on Roman, and he'll get up to go for the pin, and Edge will spear Brian, and he'll pin Daniel Bryan. I can I can believe that. I think I just think the Edge finally getting that win is going to top the night off for so many people. Yeah, because it will be the thing of, wow, you're a dick, you still got your rated R persona, you're still this and that, but it's also that feel-good story of, hey, Edge made it back to the top of the mountain. He That's got it. his feel-good story. And he doesn't have to hang around for forever. You know, yeah. it, he, he holds the title to the following pay-per-view and then he drops it to whomever steps up. Exactly. And I said, you know? like, the way I see it is, like, Edge wins it and then he fights someone else, maybe a Kevin Owens, maybe a Matt Riddle, for instance. It doesn't matter who. And then Sami Zayn comes sneaking in, cashes in buying the bank. Oh, look, Sami's the champ. And Edge got his thing. Edge can now move on, fight Brian, fight Roman, fight whoever. And we've got the Universal title away from Roman. We got it away from Edge. And it goes off and does its own thing. And everybody's a winner here. That's it. So there we go. That was a long <sighs> Fuck. That's, uh, that's WrestleMania night one yeah. and two. It's three, three days we had to cover there. <laughs> that's a long one. A um, lot of wrestling, a lot, uh, lot of matches that I think will be interesting to see how they pan out. Um, and some that I think we probably hit the nail on the head with what's going to happen. Yeah, I think some of them, like the Braun Strowman murdering Shane, Bad Bunny pinning The Miz, like those sorts of things almost you could almost guarantee. But then other ones, like the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn stuff, or the uh, how Bray Wyatt murders Randy Orton, like that, those are up in the air. That could go any way. 100%. So I think, uh, I think with all that being said, it might be about time to wrap this one up. It's uh, gone on long enough. <laughs> True, true. <laughs> so, uh, thank you guys for uh, listening in again. Make sure to follow the podcast on social media on Twitter. That is at TTGS Pod. Um, give us a follow or whatever you do on Twitter. Maybe comment on some of the things we put up there. Tell us how we suck or how we got things right. Maybe we were 100% wrong. Maybe Logan Paul's going to walk out the US champion. Who knows? Please, no. No, well, oh, hold on, he's for the IC title. You know what? That's probably accurate. Apollo Crews is going to win, then Hulk Hogan is going to activate his celebrity card. No, he's not allowed to, even though he's the host, and we didn't even bring that up. He's the host, <laughs> but Titus is also the host. Hogan can't do that. <laughs> It'll be Titus is on Apollo Hogan Cruz duty. Is a, a proud Nigerian person now, and here comes Hulk Hogan. It's like, no. Apollo Crews wins. His music is playing. He's celebrating. They put his little scarf on him that he's been walking around with recently. All of a sudden, Hogan's music hits. <laughs> exactly. Hogan comes no. out and is like, <laughs> just, Apollo, brother, I challenge you to a one-on-one. Just, oh, it'd be so terrible. <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> but. Oh, well, they will have to see how that plays out. Oh, God. It fills me with dread thinking about that. Let's not think about that. And uh, let's wrap this up. So once again, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, Hope you enjoy WrestleMania and hope you uh, enjoyed the content we put out. And enjoy the rest of your day. See ya. Laters. Laters.